Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. Tomorrow the let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready. Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Your Own Sports Podcast. It is Wednesday, October 2nd, 2019. Just got done with uh, week four of the NFL season here and heading into week five. And uh, we also got another landmark coming up. Uh, tomorrow is little Crabber's birthday. So let's uh, bring him in here, wish him a little early happy birthday, and see how he's doing. How you doing there, Crabber? Yeah, not too bad. Like you said, uh kind of doesn't uh, – but year goes by so quick you don't even realize it. But, yeah, it is tomorrow. So hopefully uh, – Birthday brings in some good winners here for the Sweet's Pod. Are you gonna ride that birthday swag? Yeah, hopefully, hoping to get the get up on get up on that uh, that winning train there for the birthday. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, all right, let's start it off, and we'll do a little uh, weekend recap here. The weekend recap. All right. So, how did uh, Week Four treat you? I'm um, pretty good overall, that's for sure. Um, yeah, as you see my release plays, I think went, what four and one, I believe. I had a few plays I could have threw in there that I didn't, so that was kind of good, got away from those, and then a few others I probably, you know, like that Saints game I know I liked a lot, I ended up not releasing it, I was kind of waiting for that three to pop. I thought it for sure it would, like I said in the podcast last week, but never did, but either way, it still was the right side, I think, and ended up getting there, winning the game outright, obviously getting points there at home, but and my other plays, uh, I'm fortunate in a few at Atlanta. There's lost points there scored early. It looked, looked pretty much dead, but then the second half, there was like three points scored. So, uh, fortunate from the, you know, first half perspective, but in the game, I, you know, I still like the whole handicap, even though, like I said, maybe a little bit lucky to catch this one specific bet. But all in all, yeah, pretty good weekend for me, uh, from a release plays perspective, as well as a personal perspective, uh, on bets across the board on the NFL. How about yourself? Yeah, for me, it was, um, it was a real good week for me personally. I just had a lot of bets that I ended up making that I, I did pretty good personally. But from a release play standpoint, I lost my first pick of the week, and I don't know how long, and forever. And then uh, uh, because the Vikes couldn't come through on their half of the tees, the one half of the tees wins outright, catching eight and a half, and the other half misses by a point and a half. So that was kind of frustrating with the lifeless Vikings there. And then um, I released, I went one and two on the plays I released and had the Vikes split up half on the money line half, uh, with the spread. And that was a two unit play for me. And like I said, that was the kind of the cause of my demise for my release plays. And then had a unit and a half play on Cleveland that was pretty much never in doubt catching seven. And then Cincinnati no showed Monday night. So I had a lot of them that were on the fence that I ended up betting, but I didn't end up releasing. And uh, I wish I would have because I did pretty good personally, but it's not uh, not reflected at all in what was actually released. So that was kind of frustrating, but that's the way it goes sometimes. And, uh, yeah, I've lost the tee box to you in the pick of the week, so that's going to be a weird feeling once we get there later in the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> see if I know how to do it. 
<laughs> yep. Um, yeah. Anyway, so that was it. That was uh, that was how week uh, week four went. But excited here. We got the first London game coming up next week, and uh, we started off here with a pretty good Thursday night game. So let's let's jump into week five. Yeah, it's, I want to note too. We're gonna skip the give the best of numbers segment here because there actually wasn't any this week. There's a uh, like I said in the pre-show here, we uh, had about more than more than a lot to make up for from the week before and week three. So I think uh, kind of makes sense. Uh, not, none to go from week four, so we're just gonna skip over that segment. Yep, good good call. Um, I, was, I already had skipped it over in my head, I guess, going right by it there. But another thing what we uh, should do here is mention the teams on a bye this week. Thankfully, the Dolphins are on a bye, so we don't have to watch them get ran out by anybody. Good quality college football. <laughs> yeah, they got the, uh, and then also the Lions, who, who actually have been a lot more uh, frisky than I would have expected coming into the year. So, yeah, pretty pretty interesting team. Yeah, they're on bye as well, so yeah, don't have to worry about either of those two. Uh, first up here on Thursday night, well, NFC West battle. We got the Rams fresh off a. Uh, Somewhat humiliating loss to Tampa at home as big favorites. Heading to Seattle. It looks like Seattle's a uh, one and a half or so point favorite at home with a total of 49 and a half. 49? Yeah, it's probably got to be the biggest favorite that's lost outright this season, I would think, right? I don't think. Um, yeah, I know they, they burned a lot of survivors. I was shocked because even though I mentioned last week on the pod that San Diego scared me a tiny bit against Miami as a survivor pool, I ended up going with them and uh, there's at least, uh, you know, a good 20% of the pool that I was in that got knocked out on the Rams against the Bucks. So I think that was the biggest favorite uh, this year, and that, I know it was the biggest survivor hit for a lot of people. Yeah. All right, yeah, get into this Thursday night game like I do every week. I'll get my power rating number just uh, on paper what I have these two teams taking away all the situation and everything else, momentum, anything else you want to include. Um, and then I'll also give the Westgate Superbook there in Las Vegas the look headline from the week before, as well as what they opened on Sunday afternoon. And then the, what the total open as well, the spread open and the total are open. So say it every week, but just want to do a quick recap for the new listeners. So yeah, he'll start here. Rams at Seattle Thursday night football power rating here. Seattle minus one. Look at line here at the Westgate was the Rams minus one and a half. The Westgate opened a pick them and the total you're open 47 and a half and got bet up pretty quick to 49. So, um, that's kind of what we're seeing now. And this is a little bit of a tougher game for me. I don't, uh, you know, like last week too, I kind of have the same feeling for the Thursday night game. I just, uh, I don't know. I think this will be a good game to watch for sure. But uh, I think, I think the only way I could look, just look, judge by the look headline, I think you got to take the Rams. But the problem is, you know, going on the road into a somewhat hostile environment hasn't been as much so far this year in Seattle, but definitely a, a tough environment to play with the, that twelfth man in, in Seattle there uh, against the Seahawks with Wilson and and Carroll. So yeah, I don't know. It uh, seems to me like you, you got to look at the Rams if anything. But the, adding the fact of that home field and Thursday night teams, home field teams, have always been an advantage, too, on Thursday night. So I think, to me, it's just pretty much pretty easy to stay well, make this one pretty quick. Uh be an interesting game to watch, uh, which will be good on Thursday. Hopefully it won't be too sloppy, but, yeah, I'm probably not going to be betting this game. I've been amazed just listening to a few things here early in the week, how how much people love Seattle. And I think that just is based, based solely off last week for the most part, just the fact that the Rams look so poor and their defense just looked horrendous against Tampa Bay. And then Seattle, you know, blowing out the Cardinals, you know, looks good on the scoreboard and, you know, they're never in doubt win there at, but how much do you really give them credit for beating the Cardinals? I, I just think this is pretty clear. I definitely like the Rams here. And the only, the only hesitation I really have 
is the the road team on Thursday. It just seems I don't really have any numbers to back that up, but it just seems like it's been kind of a tough spot, and it's been the Thursday nighters on a short week. It seems like it definitely does benefit the home team, so that kind of gives me pause a tiny bit. But if you look at the Seahawks schedule, I mean. They blew out the Cardinals last week. You know, sweet, good for them. That's maybe the second worst team in the league. They're right, right in that ballpark. And then they uh, they won at the Steelers in the game where Big Ben gets hurt, and then the backup comes in, and they barely won that too. They were trailing at half, and so I, I don't think they've been that great at all. And then they barely held off the Bengals at home, and they won by one week one, and that just wasn't super impressive. And then they got beat fairly handedly, even though some a couple weird things happened, but they were down a ton to the Saints at home in week three, and so, I mean, they're two home games so far. They barely beat the Bengals, who's shown they're a bottom five team or so, and they got ran out for the most part against the Saints with Teddy Bridgewater. So haven't been all that impressed whatsoever with Seattle, and I don't think their home field's nearly as strong as, as it was in years past when they had a, a dominant team. And then you look at the, the Rams here, and they go to Carolina, and that was with Cam Newton, who was somewhat injured, but that's still a decent win. Carolina's been pretty good since then. And then uh, against the Saints, the one common opponent, they absolutely blew them out. And, you know, Breeze got hurt in that game, so that's a little bit of a qualifier. But they were, I think, on their well on their way to, to winning that game fairly easily before that injury. And then uh, they took care of business against the Browns on the road in prime time. And then last week, yeah, it was a pretty horrible loss to the Bucks. But uh, I, it's just kind of what, what the Bucks do is they'll occasionally get hot and, and uh, the defensive effort from the Rams is a little troubling, but I still think if you expect them to be fully focused here and have a pretty good bounce-back effort, I think that Goff should be able to throw all over the Seattle secondary, which just hasn't been all that impressive to me whatsoever. And uh, just, I just think Seattle's a little bit overvalued, and the Rams, I think, are a little bit undervalued coming back from a bounce-back here. And if, if the Rams would have crushed the Bucks last week, I think everybody would have been in love with the Rams. So it's just funny how how people overreact to one week here. So I'll almost for sure have a play released on the Rams uh, by game time tomorrow night. All right, and to the uh, Sunday games, uh, let's start off and uh, we'll go to Pittsburgh here. we got Baltimore heading to Pittsburgh in a AFC North battle. And Baltimore's laying three and a half uh, on the road here with a total of 44. Uh, yeah, my power rating here, Baltimore two and a half. Look at line, Baltimore minus three, the opener. At the West Gate with Baltimore three and a half, the total here opened forty two and a half, and then obviously Pittsburgh playing that Monday night game. After that, it reopened at forty four, so a little bit of an adjustment. You'll see that also with the Cincy game here in a few uh, few games we talk about. But uh, yeah, to me, that this is a spot where I wanted to get to. I wanted to back Baltimore here. I uh, was pretty heavy against them last week against Baltimore. I uh, thought they were obviously they'd be the right side, kind of getting blown out there against Cleveland, taking seven uh, with with Cleveland. I think obviously the right side. I wanted to bet against Baltimore. We've talked about that throughout the year, about how we think they're a little bit overvalued. We really haven't had any good spots to bet against. But I think that last week was a pretty good spot uh, against the Cleveland team that kind of looked down in, in prime time. I know I mentioned the pod last week, but now it's kind of the exact opposite situation here. you got Pittsburgh, another divisional game. Pittsburgh looking good on prime time against, a, like you said, a pretty bad foe in Cincinnati, kind of beating up on them. And I, I just don't really trust that, that Cincy defense or that secondary. So I don't know if I really <laughs> put a whole lot of stock here in this Pittsburgh offense. So, Granted, this Baltimore team, uh, I don't, don't really trust their secondary either. Their defense is, it's, you know, a little bit of a, a little bit of a leaky gasket. I, I obviously had a total there last week on the over on the Baltimore, uh, uh, sorry, Baltimore Cleveland game. So 
that's one thing that a little worries me a little bit. But I think Baltimore will be able to put together here against Pittsburgh with uh, not not the best offense. And uh, I think, like I said, I think three's a little bit more than I'd want to spend here. Uh, but as you're still have to pay three with some extra juice, a little bit more than what I'd like to, to get it at here. But it does come down at all. I will look at the Baltimore sides. So right now, to me, it's just a little lean on Baltimore. Yeah, it's funny because me and you have both both been on the anti-Baltimore train here for a while, basically ever since Lamar Jackson's taken over a quarterback, and I guess probably even before that. And I pretty much looked to bet against him every chance I can, but uh, and we didn't talk about this at all. But I was kind of looking to back Baltimore here, too. I was on Cleveland like you were heavy last week, uh, basically an anti-Baltimore bet. And this week, I, I just think that Steelers win on Monday night was – you know, it's good. They took a two Cincinnati, but I'm just not a believer at all in the Steelers team long term. And uh, I think Baltimore is probably an average team or maybe a slightly above average team. They're definitely not the clear cut third best team in the AFC like a lot of people were saying before last week. But that being said, I think Pittsburgh isn't one of the worst teams in the league, but I definitely think they're a below average team. Uh, so I was definitely looking to come in on Baltimore here, but I was pretty disappointed when I saw the price was. Uh, you know, either three with a lot of extra juice or, or three and a half. It just doesn't really seem like the values there on Baltimore to really pull the trigger on them. So as with you, if, if money keeps coming on Pittsburgh, like it has at the beginning of the week here, uh, and it gets like a flat three or better, then I'll probably fire on Baltimore, even though I still don't feel like it's like great value for what, what you should be getting with, uh, with Baltimore, but that's definitely the side I would look. I just feel like it should be a pretty good bounce back spot for Baltimore, and the Steelers might have kind of ran it up on a bad team and be feeling a little bit too good about themselves off a primetime win. Not to say they're going to overlook probably their biggest rival, but uh, it just feels like from a from a like an energy standpoint, Baltimore should come out here with a pretty good effort, and the defense that got exposed last week I think should be able to, to give – quite a bit better of an effort against a uh, shaky at best Pittsburgh offense. So we'll see how that kind of goes here throughout the week. And if that number keeps coming down, I'll probably fire on Baltimore by the end of the week. Uh, all right, first London game of the year. I actually prefer – do you like the London games when they're the same time, or do you like that one early morning game? I think it depends on where I'm at. If I'm in Vegas, I'd prefer it to be like this. But when I'm here, I think I'd prefer it to be, uh, yeah, the earlier one. But, yeah, when it's 6 a.m. in Vegas, it's a little – Especially when I'm some, some nights I'm getting to bed at two or three in the morning. It's a little uh, a little early for me. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I either even when I was in Vegas or here, I love I like to have in the individual game where yeah, you might have to get up early to to get in on and see if there's any line moves right before game time. But to have that one to kind of get you prepped and ready to go for the rest of the games is definitely the way I prefer. Uh, unfortunately, here we have the London games at the same time as all the early games, and we got ten early games this week, which and then two late games, which is just absurd. It's about as bad as it gets, and with the London games, like they could have at least made them nine early games and given us the one early, early game. But I don't know what the NFL is doing with the scheduling here, so it's uh, a little frustrating. But what are you gonna do? Um, so this one in London, it's uh, Chicago laying five, five and a half to the Raiders of Oakland, with a total of forty and a half. Yeah, my power rating here: uh, Chicago minus six and a half. Look at line: Chicago minus six. Westgate open Chicago five and a half and the total here open forty one and a half. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't. Not a huge opinion on this game, but I think if anywhere I'm gonna look, I'm gonna look to bet Chicago. Uh, I mean, I don't know. That that was a pretty 
I think that score is a little bit misleading against the Vikings last week. I mean, they kind of they pretty much dominated that whole game, uh, only won by what, sixteen to six final score. But I think the like I said, scoreboard's a little bit misleading. They didn't they they just had that hand that game in hand pretty much the whole time. And then Oakland on the other other side of the to- uh, token of the coin is uh, with Indy. Yeah, they they played well. I don't think you really take anything away from them, but I just don't know if that's something they can replicate again. I think that's definitely going to be. Um, an aberration uh, to what they're normally going to play like. I, I, like I said, just I don't I don't feel too confident here. I feel like you're getting a worse coach, uh, the quarterback. I mean, obviously with Chase Daniel in too over Trubisky. I don't really think it's a huge downgrade for Chicago. I think it's about the same. Uh, I don't I don't I'm not a huge Trubisky fan, and I didn't, didn't like a whole lot there. Not that Chase Daniel did some you know overly over the top great, but he definitely was serviceable. So with all that being said, I mean, you're, by the bottom line, you're still laying, you know, more than the field goal at the backup quarterback. So that's, that definitely definitely gives me a little bit of pause. But I just really don't trust this Oakland team. So to me, it's either Chicago or pass. Yeah, I don't really trust Oakland either. But I mean, the when Trubisky went down that first drive against the Vikes, and then they got that touchdown, and then after that, they had three field goals the rest of the way, and that was with at least one or one short field that they got of a turnover from Cousins and. The Chicago offense really didn't do anything, and you could say, well, the Vikings defense is pretty good, uh, and then Oakland's really isn't, but I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not a big Trubisky fan at all, so I'm not saying it's a downgrade to Daniel by any means, but to lay points with an offense that was pretty anemic for a large majority of that game, yeah, maybe Nagy will coach him up here and they'll come out and they'll look like a much more prolific offense. But I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not necessarily going to Oakland because I do think that I'm still not a fan of Carr. Like even even though they won that game against the Colts and they put up 31 points, Carr just doesn't look crisp to me. But my worry would be the whole time that Chicago was playing from ahead, and you know maybe they're playing vanilla and just the ball control game, and that's why they didn't do much last week. But Oakland's been starting off just about every game outside of when they played at the Vikes, where they come out looking really good and. Gruden's game script to start the game has been pretty successful, and they've gotten out to leads, and then they've played from ahead. And if that's the case, where Chicago is going to have to try to come back, um, I don't know if that's really a spot I want Daniel on the Chicago offense. And maybe they won't they won't be in that spot because the the defense won't give up anything to the Raiders. But I don't know, it just scares me a little bit, especially to be laying points with. And then the other thing is, I know that Oakland's played in London. A time or two, so I think they're probably going to be a little bit more used to it. Where the Bears, I don't think have any time recently that I can remember. So I don't know. They're they're definitely going about different ways. I know Oakland went over there right after the Indy game. Is going to be there all week, and Chicago isn't planning on going over there till late in the week. So I'm not sure if you want to play, uh, you know, whatever armchair psychologist there to figure out which which one is going to be better for the teams. I'm, I'm not really sure, but I don't know. To me, it's kind of a stay away. I'd, I would like to take Oakland, but I don't trust them enough, and and uh, haven't seen enough out of out of Carr or Daniel to really feel totally confident what performance they're going to get from either. So for me, it's probably a pretty easy pass. Uh, next game, we got a pretty good one here. Arizona heading to Cincy. <laughs> Can't wait. Cincy, yeah, Cincy laying three with extra juice at home, or three and a half on a total of forty-seven and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, Cincy minus four and a half. Look headline, Cincy minus four. Westgate open, Cincy four and a half. The total here open 48 and a half, like I alluded to earlier. Uh, what reopened at 47 and a half after the Monday night game. 
to, to me, this one's fairly simple, nothing too complex about it. I think to me, the, the side you got to look is take Cincy here at home. They're pretty, you know, deep, pretty decent spot. They got embarrassed on primetime division rival at Pittsburgh and kind of just looked like they didn't have a whole lot there. Um, just, I don't know. Like I said, I wasn't too impressed with Pittsburgh. It wasn't like I was thinking that Pittsburgh, I don't know, it just seemed like kind of, not fluky, but it just seemed like it was kind of a game that uh, obviously, the motivation worries me a little bit with the Cincy team, but I mean, this Arizona team, I think, is kind of similar where I don't, I just don't trust them. And I think they're, you know, obviously a bottom feeder as well. So I think Cincy's a definitely a point or two above uh, uh, Arizona power rating wise, and then you get the home field advantage. So uh, don't don't love it by any means, but definitely, I think if anything, look at the Cincy side. But not the game I'm going to be, you know, rushing the window to bet. But if you can get a flat three, I think that's the way to look. Yep, absolutely agree. Same, same exact thoughts. Um... It didn't show up last week, and part of the reason I bet on Cincy was they were competitive against the Seahawks and Bills, uh, which are you know at least respectable teams. Or you could say the the Cards, I guess, were respectable with the Ravens and tied the Lions. So maybe give them a little bit of credit for that. But it just kind of feels like they've been going in the wrong direction, and they haven't been competitive the last two weeks. And now they go on the road. Uh, it just doesn't seem like a, a a position I really want the Cardinals in. I just haven't been impressed with them whatsoever. Whereas the Cincy's kind of, uh, it seems like they're a little bit more inconsistent where maybe they'll give a good effort, maybe they won't. And is that a team you really want to be laying more than a field goal with? Probably not because you get their bad effort, you're pretty much screwed. But if it is down at a flat three or, you know, maybe even a three with a little bit of extra juice, I don't, I don't mind that. And, uh, just a team coming off of primetime embarrassments, usually a good spot you want to be in. So I, I agree. I, I definitely lean to Cincinnati here. Don't know if I'd, trust them enough to like release it as a play or put big money on it but uh, obviously the way I would I would look as well all right next up we got a couple of backup quarterbacks here uh, Jacksonville and Minshew heading to Carolina looks like Carolina is either three with extra juice or three and a half point favorite here at home with a total of 41 um yeah my power in here Carolina minus four look at line Carolina minus three minus 120. Westgate open the same three one twenty on Carolina, and then the total you're open forty one. Kind of similar to the last game, and in all honesty, I think uh, kind of a similar price range. But to me, it's uh, I don't like as quite as much maybe, but I'm still looking to the Carol looking to bet Carolina here. Uh, I don't know if this line it doesn't seem like it can get much lower than where it's at, but uh, obviously even three little I see a three at a Vegas shop, a little bit extra juice. Uh, that's just, I like that a decent amount. I probably have a bet on that. I can get that before game time, um, but even three and a half, uh, it's just you know, I, I still lean that way at three and a half, but it's just it's harder to get to the window laying that extra hook with Carolina. But I, don't, I think they're a significantly better team uh, all around. I think their offense is, is a lot better, and, and I think Minshew has been good. I was bet on him last week as well. I had a pretty big bet on him and went into Denver there, and they, they got embarrassed pretty big early. They were down seventeen to three, and then the second half they scored quite a bit, and then ended up having that drive at the end there to kick the winning field goal so they did get the win and cover and it was a tough place to play in Denver but I think Denver is definitely maybe a little bit overrated here and I'm going to kind of stay away betting from Denver moving forward but we'll get to that here a little bit later in the pod but yeah, I think Jacksonville uh, they've kind of had some pretty two decent performance now back to back so to me this is a little bit of a letdown spot I think for Jacksonville and I think for a Carolina team this is a spot where they go home and uh, you know maybe show that they're one of the one of the more powerful NFC teams even though you know they're not really thought to be. They're kind of uh, once they lost Cam and had a shaky performance. But I think this NFC is kind of just wide open. So I think this might be a 
might be a spot here where they kind of blow the doors off this Jacksonville squad and show that they're a team to be reckoned with. So to me, look at the look at Pitt and Carolina laying the points here at home. Yeah, I think this is our first uh, bigger disagreement. I, I'm not not in love with the Jags by any means, but I think these are basically the same two teams. Um, I think both their defenses are pretty good, and their quarterbacks have been solid, but you don't know if you can totally trust them yet. Uh, I guess the one thing that would kind of lean in favor to view is their one common game is they both played at the Texans, and Carolina won that last week by six and was fair, fairly easily, and then uh, the Jacksonville lost to the Texans by one, and to keep in mind that was Minshew's first game. So maybe he's gotten a little bit more comfortable since then, but uh, yeah, I, I guess if if uh, Jacksonville didn't come back and beat Denver last week, and which looked like it was a very real possibility, you could say maybe this line would have drifted upwards a little bit, and and that makes sense. And ultimately, maybe Carolina's a, a tick better, but I, I don't know. I just don't think I don't think there's a whole lot of difference between these teams myself. So if you're getting anything more than three, that's kind of the way I would look either way. Um, so I I think. Jacksonville plus the three and a half is maybe worthy of a tiny bet, but nothing I would go crazy on by any means. All right. Next game is actually a game we're going to be at. Uh, I think this is the first time ever since we've been doing the pod that we're uh, breaking on a game we're actually going to be at. And it's not even in Minnesota. It's uh, the Vikings heading to the Giants. So it uh, looks like the Vikes are a five and a half point favorite here on the road and a total of 44. Yeah, well, considering I've never been to an NFL game and never been to a Vikings game, or let alone a Vikings game, I'd say yeah, that's definitely the case for me. So, um, yeah, absolutely, it'll be uh, be interesting. But uh, yeah, power rating here in Minnesota minus four and a half. Look at line Minnesota five and a half. Westgate open Minnesota four and a half, and the total here open forty five and a half. Uh, yeah, we've seen this a lot here with Vikings games. Just the totals getting hammered down. So that's what we're seeing right off the bat. Um, I see as low as forty three and a half offshore, and it. Uh, yeah, I mean it's hard to argue, but with with the I mean I, I shouldn't say that. I guess I misspoke. I, I mean I'm sure I know what they're betting on. I understand the logic they're betting on. Just the, you know, obviously the Minnesota is trying to pound the pound the rock and run the ball. But I mean at, th- at some point here, teams are going to catch up. I mean I've, I've been saying this for several weeks now. I mean if we can't run, we're, you saw it last week. You saw it against the Packers. It's just really tough to to get anything going on offense if we can't throw the ball and have any passing attack. I mean it's just when you're one dimensional in this league. Especially in this day and age, when you can't run the ball or when you can't pass the ball and only can run it, it's just you're going to be. It's going to be tough to <laughs> to do it. So yeah, we we looked good against Oakland, who who couldn't stop, and we we ran the ball really well. And week one, we ran the ball really well. But I think this is pretty obvious now. I mean, to stop Minnesota, you'd stop the run. So I mean, at some point, we're going to have to start throwing. Minnesota is going to have to start throwing in order to be successful and 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 get that passing attack down. And if they can't, then they're not going to be that good of a team. It's just as simple as that. So to me, I think at some point here, there's going to be some value on these overs in the Minnesota games. I don't know if it's necessarily this week, but um, I won't be surprised if this you know ticks down even a little bit lower, just based off that one fact of how Minnesota runs the ball. So I feel like there might be a little bit more of a passing attack here. Minnesota might come up, and uh, this might be a little bit higher scoring of a game. I don't know if I'm ready to jump on the over now, but that's the way I'd look. It's probably take the over, um, lean over, and then uh, anywhere probably look at laying the points here with Minnesota having a little bit of a bounce back after a pretty pretty embarrassing effort there uh, against the divisional game of the Bears. So, yeah, lean Minnesota, lean over. No, it's it's definitely the week to to jump in on that. I totally agree. Um I had some money in the on the uh, over in the Rams Bucks game last week. They got there incredibly easily scoring like 90 some points and the other over bet I had was the Skins and Giants and 
the Giants definitely did their part in it. They had four, almost 400 yards of total offense. Uh, we're moving the ball pretty good. Their defense still isn't good, but the Redskins were just atrocious with Keenum starting the game and then Haskins coming in. Looked like he hasn't practiced with the Redskins before in his life, and that's what caused that game to be so low scoring. But they had plenty of opportunities. Both teams had four turnovers. Uh, Danny Dimes threw two picks, and Washington just couldn't capitalize on it at all, throwing four picks of their own. And I know there's a few times where they moved the ball up down the field and then turned it over to, to kind of stunt any scoring. But the Giants, I'm not confused whatsoever. I think they're just a dead nuts over team. And even more so, I was worried a couple weeks ago against the Bucks, where I'd bet a little bit personally and was going to release it. And then once Eli got taken away as the starter, uh, I kind of backed off that a little bit because I wasn't sure how conservative they were going to be with uh, Jones coming in at quarterback there. But the way that they played last week, putting up that many yards of offense, him turning the ball over, that's even more so uh, leads to an over team of what you're looking for. And then on the other side, I think the Vikings are definitely an under team generally because, like you said, just pounding the rock and playing pretty conservative with a pretty good defense. But I think with all that's going on this week and, uh, you know, Thielen calling out the the offense saying they need to take more shots downfield and Cousins apologizing to him, and I think Zimmer's kind of taking some heat for that. And I know that last week it was against the Bears defense that's one of the top couple in the NFL, and then a lot of people are talking about how great the Packers defense is, and they were actually fairly effective moving the ball against them in week two. And then they've obliterated the Falcons and the Raiders, who are on the weaker sides of defenses. I think this week they're going to come out and they're really going to try to prove a point and move the ball downfield against a very weak giant secondary. I mean, this game's being lined like not a absolute defensive battle, but especially, like you said, it's getting bet down now. Uh, they're definitely shading this line here pretty low. So uh, I, I absolutely think the Vikings are going to come out and try to build some confidence in the passing game against an opponent they can do it against, take a couple shots to kind of satisfy and you know, satiate the appetites of uh, of Diggs and Thielen. They're going to get their points. And then conversely, I think uh, the Giants' offense is a good recipe for points one way or another. I mean, the Vikings aren't – you can definitely throw against them a little bit. It's not like Xavier's a shutdown corner like he was a few years ago and – and if they don't, I could absolutely see them having a couple turnovers and leading to easy Vikings points. So this game being lined so low, I absolutely love the over. As far as the side goes, uh, I kind of said this a couple weeks ago when the Vikings played the Raiders and then kind of was kicking myself that I didn't stick to it as much last week because I just didn't – I'm not a believer in the Bears. I'm still really not. But I just think the Vikings are a team you want to play against a team that doesn't have a pass rush and a bad team the bad defense and it's pretty much as simple as that and I think this Giants team even though they're two and two really isn't all that impressive so if the Vikings have success on offense their team I'd like to back but them outdoors on the road just really isn't really hasn't been a good recipe for success over the last few years so it's to lay a price like that where you're up close to a touchdown just doesn't really sound like a proposition I want to put a lot of stock into either so I think the Vikings will win the game, but as far as the price goes here, I just don't know if I really want to do that. I could see maybe mixing in a couple money line parlays with them to other games uh, if you wanted to, to get a little creative with them, but I I don't really have any whole lot of interest in laying this kind of price on the road. I definitely think the over is the way to look here, and hopefully that should make for an exciting game for us to uh, to watch. 
Yeah, I want to throw in, too. I just didn't put it in uh, my handicap. But with the, the one thing that gives me a little bit of pause on that over, I kind of want to watch and wait and see. I know I've gotten burned several years, in the past several years, just that the wind. Well, it's supposed to be projected a lot of wind here in that game. Uh, it's open outdoors, so I know the wind is one of the biggest factors for getting the under. So I don't know if that's where the, the money's coming in on it or what. But I think something to we should be able to have a good a good gauge on it ourselves. We're going to be right there. But I think that's something to definitely note uh, for for total betters. Yeah, absolutely. That's a super good point because even if they they'd prefer to throw it all over the field a little bit more than they have before, if it's so if it's super windy and they're having success running the ball. That could, I think, kind of push back the, the you know, uh, kind of lessen that game plan a little bit. So that's definitely something to keep in mind and uh, something you should pay, pay attention to as it gets closer to game time before you fire on it. Uh, all right, next game we got New England at Washington. Uh, New England laying 15 and a half here on the road with a total of 42 and a half. Yeah, my power right here: New England minus 16. Look headline: New England 13. Westgate opened. New England minus 16, this total here, uh, pretty crazy. Open 47, got bet immediately to 46, then bet again to 45, and just kind of keeps trickling. So it's been a lot of under money. I think the New England is kind of the same kind of the same recipe every New England game here, just bet the under, and then we've seen these totals move a ton uh, every every Patriots game here, obviously because of that south defense and then uh, the offense of having a little bit of struggles too last week. I know a lot of that had to do with Buffalo, but – um, I can't argue with it a whole lot. I, I feel like, uh, uh, but you know, it's just a huge adjustment. I mean, looking now sitting at 42 and a half as opposed to the opener at 47. It's just, uh, you know, you can't always look at that, but it's just a lot of value. It's, I mean, it's just pretty low. So, I mean, it's just, I don't think there's a whole lot of value left in this under. And, uh, you know, likewise, it's just pretty simple for me. It's the same kind of, <laughs> same kind of, uh, argument every time for this, uh, this New England team against these, these poor foe, uh, foes that they play. And Washington, Miami, and the Jets, whoever they're playing, um, it's, you know, it's either take the it's either take the bad team with all the points or pass. So you just can't lay this many points to me. And um, I don't know. I, I don't know if I really want to get in bed with Washington again. I was on them last week. That was my one play that I lost last week, and they just you know didn't just showed nothing. And then I didn't like what at all what I saw from Haskins. I'd much prefer um, you know not having him in the game. I guess so. Um, even if the so, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to labor this one too long, but I think to me it's uh, Washington or pass, but I'm most likely not going to be for, for involved in this game at all. I just can't bet either side. Yeah, I agree, Ed. I definitely lean towards the under, and at this point it's pretty hard to imagine that following a, a move like that and then chasing the steam is really a profitable long-term play either. Uh, one thing that's kind of interesting would be like to bet uh, – you know, team total under on Washington because I think the Pats will not score at will because their offense really hasn't been all that great. But I think they'll be able to to have more success, obviously. Whereas Washington just put on three points against that Giants defense last week is just a total abomination. And then, like you said, I couldn't have been less impressed with Haskins. He just looked just unprepared and overmatched. So maybe, maybe after a week of preparation, he'll come back out and look night and day better, but I, I kind of doubt it. And then the Pats have given up three points, zero points, 14 points, and 10 points. So taking a Washington team total under 14 doesn't uh, sounds fairly appealing to me uh, in a game that the, the Pats are probably just going to kind of, you know, get in there, get to get their lead, and just kind of grind out the game. And in a case like that, if, if the Redskins have limited opportunities, against a top-tier defense. I just don't have much faith 
whoever. I saw that Keenan was in a walking boot today. And uh, so it looks like it's a pretty good chance it's going to be Haskins. Or I know there's talk of Colt McCoy coming back, but either a cold Colt McCoy or or uh, Haskins in his first start, I don't think either of those is going to lead to uh, a whole lot of success. So that'd be the way I would look. Would be under or under Washington team total or anything like that. Um, I still think New England's offense has been good enough to to lay over two touchdowns on the road, which I don't really want to do regardless of the situation, but specifically for that. So, yeah, pretty pretty easy game that uh, I'm not going to have a whole lot of interest in there. Next game, uh, speaking of that, we got uh, the Jets, likely with uh, Falk still a quarterback, heading to Philadelphia. Looks like Philadelphia is a 13.5 to 14-point favorite here at home, the total of 44. Yeah, my power rating is Philadelphia 14.5. There's no look at line, obviously, with the Jets, uh, question mark. Westgate open Philadelphia 13 and a half and the total of the year open 44. Um, I'll keep this one simple. I don't have any interest bet in this game. So I don't want to, don't want to talk about it. I don't need to talk about it. Philadelphia had a pretty impressive win, uh, against on Thursday night. So they're going to be coming off extra rest. But yeah, this is just, uh, you know, point spread and range and a team that I just don't want to back. So I'm, I'm going to pass this game. I, I don't have a ton of interest in it either. I took some plus 14 just. If Darnold comes back, I think that's a pretty absurd number against the still pretty banged-up Philly team off a huge win last week, and then the Jets off a bye, taking a 0-3 team off a bye, or a winless team off a bye is usually a pretty good spot. So I figure if Darnold's in here healthy and you know this team beat the Bills week one in the game where they lost by one and looked more competitive in their last two games with Darnold in there, I mean, what's the spread in this, like, eight and a half or something like that maybe. So I know that that wasn't the case, but if if Darnold he's still a decision here, uh they're not really sure and I don't I don't know which way it's gonna go, but if he does play I think fourteen's a great number. And if he doesn't play I think that's about right. So then I can decide if I want to buy off it or or what I want to do with it then. So I just took a little bit of plus fourteen because of the number, but nothing I feel all that confident in. Um it's definitely gonna be my uh, survivor pick here this week is Philly, which I'm kind of excited about because week one everybody took Philly against the Redskins. I got fairly fortunate to come back and and win that, but now with a lot of people having New England and Philly off the table for them in survivor pools, uh, there's really not a whole lot of other great great options. So um, uh, definitely a no-brainer for me here this week as far as that goes. All right, next game up we got a little NFC South battle here. We got Tampa Bay. Heading to New Orleans. New Orleans, uh, three and a half year home favorite with a total of 47. Yeah, my power right here, New Orleans minus five. Look headline, New Orleans six and a half. Westgate open, New Orleans five and a half. And the total here open 47 and a half. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Where's the adjustment here to me? Uh, I'm, I'm not too high on the Saints team, but I mean, Where's the adjustment coming? I mean, I don't think the Saints was at – I mean, they won outright when they were an underdog at home against this Dallas team. So, I mean, you could argue that line was wrong. Obviously, I was on them. I like that side. Um, I think they got uh, – not, not fortunate, but I think they – you know, it was just uh, – it was a game that I'm not going to downgrade them by any means from that game. I don't know how you really could. Uh, so then, to me, that looks like you're you're pretty much upgrading Tampa Bay by a, a good, you know, two, three points here off of their win going into the Rams. And – I don't know. That just it just seems like a way 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 too much of an overreaction. I mean, we saw Winston here the first couple of weeks about how <laughs> big of a dumpster fire he was. I mean, he just he he can make mistakes, and granted, he looked a little bit better, but 
I don't trust, I don't trust this Tampa Bay offense at all. Uh, and especially the defense. So, I mean, like I said, I'm pretty low on the, the Bridgewater. I don't think he's been look, I don't think he's looked too good. I think he's been serviceable and hasn't made mistakes, but this, I think it's New Orleans defense is, is something to reckon with. And they could be a pretty dangerous team, especially if they get Breeze back. So they got a lot to play for. I think their home field advantage is above average. So I give them at least three, maybe a little bit more for home field. Um, so you're saying Tampa's a better team here. I just, I just don't buy that at all. I mean, even the money's coming in here on Tampa a little bit too. I mean, I, yeah, three, I like it a lot. Uh, would definitely be a play for three, even extra juice, even three and a half. I, I do like it a lot. I think that's, I mean, the Saints, you're, you're talking to me, uh, takeaway home field about a pick em game. Uh, just, it seems to me like Saints are a significantly better team. I mean, specifically because that, that defense and I think the offense for the Saints can keep them in the game. And, uh, like I said, doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes. So to me, I don't really get this. I think this should be somewhere in the four and a half to six range and, uh, we're getting three. So that's a bargain here on the Saints. Uh, give, give me the Saints at home. Yep, totally on board. I already uh, bet them uh, minus three, minus one twenty uh, earlier in the week here, and definitely, definitely like that quite a bit. I've I've ridden the Saints the last couple weeks and got the money as an underdog last week. Got the money as an underdog a couple weeks ago at Seattle, and it's not that Bridgewater has been great by any means, which to me is a positive because he they can win games with him not having to do much. And if their defense plays the way it has the last couple of weeks and, uh, you know, he just gets the balls in the hands of Kamara and Michael Thomas and all the skill that they have, he doesn't have to be great, which is nice. Uh, it makes you feel a little comfortable, especially you said with this good home field. Uh, I just think the pricing these two teams is, is the fact that they're essentially the same team is just absurd when if Tampa loses that game last week at the Rams fairly comfortably and they're one and three, then, you know, where does this number go? And just, the fact that they had one good week and in a game where Jameis still threw that pick six late and was almost trying to give it away again. Uh, I just don't know. I don't trust Tampa at all and their team. Yeah. In the situation like last week where you're catching a lot of points and they can be a frisky underdog. Um, I'm, I'm cool with that role for them, but it's just in a, in a close game, I don't trust them. And I think there's a chance that against a good defense, Jameis could just throw them right out of it. And I don't trust their running game at all. I think Peyton's a really good coach, and uh, absolutely, you know, Teddy's, like you showed the last couple of weeks, he's not going to throw you out of the game. We're not going to make too many critical mistakes. So I'll take that kind of game manager uh, in this spot all day long, and hopefully the number keeps coming down and I'll pop it again. But I just thought 3 minus 120 or anywhere in that ballpark is uh, is a great bet. And like you said, even even at 3.5, uh, that's definitely the way I would I would go too. So I agree. Let's uh, double down on the Saints there. All right, next game up, we got Atlanta heading to Houston. Uh, Houston, five-point home favorite here, the total of 48-and-a-half. Uh, yeah, my power rating, Houston minus four-and-a-half. Look at line, Houston, four-and-a-half. The Westgate open, Houston, five. And the total here open, 49. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Who do you want here? I, I don't know. Uh, you want to back this Atlanta team after they've uh, just embarrassed themselves at home? I I obviously had that under there, and they didn't show nothing on off. Or they showed a little bit, I guess, but then they just couldn't get it together. And that 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 defense is just tough to watch. I was that's that was making me the that was making me the most nervous about my my under bet is just how awful that secondary was. I mean, it just looked like they could. I mean, you look at some of those catches they'd have last week in Tennessee. And Tennessee's a slow offense that doesn't have a big lot of big plays, and I mean, there wasn't anybody within ten yards of some of these receivers when they're catching balls. I mean, it was, it was just a joke. So I mean. I don't know if it's a lack of effort or what, but I mean, I, I, this Atlanta team is just, to me, somewhat unbackable. I mean, I, I don't know. And, and either way, this wouldn't be a spot I want to go in on them. So to me, it's either Houston or pass, but 
Um, you know, the Houston's offensive line is definitely scary. It's just every every play Watson's running for his life. I mean, he's kind of throwing up balls. I don't know if I 100% trust him, but I think he has been pretty solid. But, you know, at some point that's going to drain on you here going throughout the season when you just keep getting banged up. So, uh, and then obviously you're paying a little bit of a price here going more than the field goal. If you got to pay a four and a half, five, it's just, uh, to me a little too, a little too rich for my blood here for Houston. I mean, that's the only way I could possibly look. I'm just not going to be able to back this Atlanta team until they show me something. Yeah. I, it just seems like you should want to bet Atlanta here because it just seems like this is a match of two teams that I don't really trust and it could kind of, I would like nothing would really surprise me. So it's a spot where you just want to take the five points. But I, I do agree with you. It's like Atlanta's defense is just so horrendous that it might not matter. I mean, they, they put up over 400 yards of offense last week and only scored 10 points. So you'd sure think that that would, you know, that would lead to more points coming forward in the future. But then also they're giving up six yards of play on defense to a awful or pretty bad Titans offense. So it's definitely pretty alarming. And the Texans just haven't totally got it together here offensively. And a lot of that has has to do with the poor offensive line, but I don't know if Atlanta's going to be able to get any kind of a pass rush on them. So maybe that'd be a game where Hopkins and and Fuller kind of get right, and Watson throws it all over them, and and he could have a little Atlanta plus five in your pocket and feel like it's pretty dead early on if that's the kind of way this game goes. Or I could see it where it's just kind of a back and forth slugfest between two you know decent offenses and pretty questionable defenses and having the plus five is in your pocket feels really good. So I guess it's just a kind of a long winded way to say, I don't really know what to make of this game and it just feels like I should take Atlanta, but paying pretty close attention to that game with you last week when you were rooting against points, that Atlanta defense just scares me off enough to the point where I don't think I uh, really have a whole lot of interest in putting any money on Atlanta. Uh, definitely an interesting one. I think though, to watch if, uh, if you're able to. All right, the last of the early games here is uh, we got Buffalo heading to Tennessee, and it looks like Tennessee's a three-point home favorite here, the total of 38 and a half. Yeah, not really sure here. We have an onside. We're not sure with Buffalo if we're going to get Allen or Barkley. Just going to kind of keep an eye on that. Uh, my power rating here, my number's with a uh, healthy Allen, so my power rating is Tennessee minus one. Look at line, Tennessee one. There was no opener. Uh, Westgate still doesn't have anything on the board currently. Uh, obviously no total as well. So limited marketplace here. Um, but, yeah, for what's available, I do see threes. Like I said, uh, I'm not sure a lot of these books that show three don't actually have it. And when you go look on them, uh, actually look at the books. They just have a posted number that's not there. So I'm not really sure. Uh, I haven't gone through every one, but just a handful I've checked. They don't have anything up. So don't want to get too in-depth with this game. But to me, uh, the way I wanted to approach this game is about the under looking to bet under, kind of open like a, a few books, open 38, 38 and a half, got bet up a little bit, saw some 39, they're looking to play play under here, it looks like a little bit of rain maybe coming in the forecast, a little bit of wind, so it looks pretty crummy out, and a game I already wanted to bet under to begin with, so we'll see, we'll see what it opens up and who the quarterback is here, but you know anything in that 39 range, 30, even 38 and a half maybe, if it doesn't you know, go way lower than that. I think uh, I know points are valuable when he gets in those 30s, but uh, I, I like I like under here uh, a decent amount, and I'm hoping I can get in uh, you know the 39, uh, just uh, right around that area, and hopefully it doesn't get too low, like 36 and a half or something like that. But yeah, I like under here. Yeah, if the number was three and Allen was announced a starter, which I kind of don't think it would stay, then I would love Buffalo. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of hard to to know what to make. I, I think Buffalo's defense is super good. And uh, the Titans are kind of a whack-a-mole team. We're not really sure what you're going to get out of them. So their team off that 
big win, which we both I think liked a little bit last week at Atlanta. Uh, I just think it's a team that I, I kind of instinctively want to bet against this week, but I don't think I can do it with Barkley unless you're going to catch uh, a decent amount more than three. So at least with Josh Allen, he can kind of make some stuff happen and move around a little bit and make some dumb plays, but he can also get it going at times. So I'd be much more inclined to to back him if it's anywhere in that range. That's just something we're going to have to wait and see as the week goes on. All right, now to the two afternoon games. Uh, the first one we got is the oh, two more AFC. games, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Two of them. At least one of them is pretty good. The yeah. first one, however, we got uh, your Denver Broncos and your guy Flacco heading to uh, the Chargers. Looks like the Chargers are six and a half point home favorites here. The total of forty four and a half. Yeah, my power rating here: Chargers seven. Look at line: Chargers six and a half. Westgate open: Chargers six and a half, and the total here open forty three and a half. A um, little bit of movement on that total over, which not really sure I agree with. Um, but not a whole lot of opinion on that, on that total. Uh, side perspective, I don't got a whole lot either. Uh, I just, like I said, I don't, I don't, I really can't back Denver here. This would seem like a, a spot where you may want to back Denver, uh, going and traveling, divisional game, Chargers with a weak home field. They've been kind of a mess and injuries and, you know, having to lay a touchdown, uh, getting a touchdown, Denver getting a touchdown on the road seems like the way you'd want to look just from a spot wise. Like I said, I'm, I'm going to need to see some from this Denver team. I just, I just, I don't know. It, it was, I bet against them. I had a pretty big bet uh, against them last week on Jacksonville, and that looked pretty much dead at halftime. But uh, then right before halftime, Flacco threw that interception and got him on the board, uh, three points on the board for Jacksonville, and they went back and drove down there and got a field goal. So Flacco in the game, it's just pretty nice not having to root for Flacco. Uh, I think it's nice. <laughs> the last week when I was bet against him, it definitely – Maybe a little bit emotional, but, uh, yeah, to me, you're going to have to show me something, Denver, before I back, uh, put it back. But at the same time, like I said, I can't, uh, imagine backing the Chargers here with this, this price range. It seems like it's a little bit too, uh, too, too many points. Yeah. I, I've been pretty anti-Denver here for most of the year. And I mean, the case for them would be they lost to Oakland by eight the week one when they were just basically dominated and looked pretty lifeless the whole time. And then, the only loss to the Bears by two, week two, in a game they could have won, and then they lost by 11 to the Packers in a game that should have been much closer, and they definitely should have covered that game. And then Jacksonville last week, they lost by two in a game they easily could have won, too. So even it's not like they're really getting blown out here by anybody. Uh, so in a case where there's a spot where they're getting six and a half, I mean, that's that's a, you know a decent look, I guess. And the Chargers team is just so banged up, it's just kind of hard to, hard to know exactly how good they are at this moment. I think they have a chance to be good once they get healthy, but you're just not really sure exactly what uh, what you're getting out of them. And then last week going and beating Miami just doesn't really help <laughs> help explain that whatsoever. And I know more people went down last week for them. So with an injury-riddled Chargers team like this, uh, that's the way I'd want to look here. But then you got just, I don't know, it's just a lot of points. Like you said, it's a weak home field for them. They're a team I don't like to really back at home. I'd rather back on the road. So six and a half just feels like a lot of points to be given up with a team you're not really sure what you're getting against a Denver team that isn't good but at least keeps it close. But that being said, I just don't really want to put my money on Flacco and Fangio either uh, in a spot where if they do fall behind, I have zero faith that they're going to be able to come back. So uh, and even that being said, I, don't, I mean, I, usually this would be a spot where you say, oh, yeah, I'd love to tease the Chargers here, get them down to – through the four, the six and the four and the three, and basically they just got to win the game. And I still won't hate it by any means, but I don't know. I, the, the Denver's been right there. 
and it wouldn't be surprised me at all. I mean, the Chargers blow blow games all the time to bad teams that they shouldn't. So I don't really want to tease a super injury riddled team with Anthony Lynn at the helm. And I'd definitely be kicking myself <laughs> come come Sunday afternoon if they blew that one. And I'm like, I can't believe I had my money on that. So even though it looks kind of like a spot I would like to tease the Chargers, I I don't think that uh, I'm going to really be involved in this game any which way. All right, second of the afternoon games, we got Green Bay heading to Dallas. Uh, looks like Dallas is a three and a half point home favorite here with a total of 47. Yeah, my power rating here, Dallas four and a half. Look at line Dallas minus four. Westgate opened Dallas four and a half, and the total here opened 48. Uh, I, I guess I kind of sound redundant here this week, but I'm, I'm pretty much uh, looking the back here, all the same, same, similar type of teams and similar point spread ranges. But yeah, I like the Dallas side here. Um, if anything, I, I see a three with a little bit of extra juice at a few shops and, um, don't like it as some of the, like, as much like the Saints or maybe another one, but uh, I'll, I'll definitely watch on this line, see where it gets to. And, uh, I think flat three or even three with a little bit of extra juice, I think, uh, you gotta look, take a look at Dallas. Hard look at Dallas. I feel like it's a pretty tough spot for them last week, uh, in prime time there against the Saints. Obviously, I, we talked about that on the podcast and thought it was a, a Saints spot for sure and the Saints, uh, end up winning and covering, obviously. So, to me, this is a spot where Dallas comes home. Um, not not a great home field advantage, but I'd say probably about average. So you know, give it about three for home field. And and Green Bay is just they've shown their home road split uh, over the years, especially with Rodgers, about how they played really well at home in Lambeau, and then when they go on the road on the highway somewhere else, they're just uh, you know not not that great of a team. Uh, kind of similar to Atlanta or, or what have you in the past. But uh, yeah, Green Bay on the road here, they are coming off extra rest. That's one thing that's a, a negative uh, for the Dallas bet. But yeah, to me. Pretty much saying they're equal teams right now. I get it. The Green Bay defense has been pretty good, but I think that Dallas defense is pretty improved as well. Um, and that that Green Bay offense, I think, is a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit left to be desired. And like I said last week in the pot, I think they're going to maybe get together at some point, but I think they're still a little bit away from that. So I think Dallas here, uh, I think they're going to get that running game going with Zeke and um, might, might open the pass game up a little bit for for Prescott, and uh, that'll help him. I think that's what we saw New Orleans do a really good job of last week was stop the run. I think they'll have a little bit more success here in the run. So. To me, give me Dallas here, uh, laying three at home. I think that's the, the right way to look here uh, against Green Bay. Yeah, you would have thought we went over these together. I was essentially getting ready to make the same case. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. It's funny how last week I was just all over the dogs, basically up and down the card. I know I teased, or I mean, I uh, parlayed a lot of different money lines and whatever, just like two two team type deals where I just kind of cross matched them with a couple of the teams I felt the most confident about. And just a ton of dogs came through across the board. And this week I'm on a ton of like minus three area favorites, which is just kind of funny how, you know, I just like I come into the week having an agenda for what profile of team I'm looking to back, but you just kind of let the numbers lead you there. And yeah, it's what like the third or fourth team here that, uh, it's in that like three and a half, three to three and a half range. And I'm, I'm looking on getting on the favorite. Uh, I just think I agree. I mean, Dallas, even though I was against them last week with New Orleans, is somewhat of a faded Dallas because their schedule's been so weak. You're not really sure what you're getting. And uh, I think uh, Prescott could be a quarterback, too, that, like most quarterbacks, is you know much better at home. And going into a raucous environment like the Superdome last week is probably not a great spot for him. And that being said, their defense did play pretty good against a vanilla Saints offense. But... Um, you know, they only gave up 12 points, and, and they lost the turnover battle by two, three to one, and they still had every a ton of chances to win that game. Uh, just I think they did, 
showed themselves okay, and it wasn't. I thought that's kind of where the game should have been lined was the Saints by one or two. So it, I think they were kind of what I expected them to be. And but now here you come back against a Packers team that's just been getting gouged on the ground every week. You know, uh, the Eagles ran all over them last week for 176 yards, and and a couple weeks ago they just got diced by the Vikings and Delvin Cook. And then even against the Broncos, they were the Broncos were moving the ball pretty effectively against the Packers defense. They just kept turning the ball over in crucial moments and and weren't maximizing their points, which is kind of what the Broncos do. So even though the Green Bay defense is, is improved, I don't think it's a top five defense like some people are giving credit for. I just I don't see that at all. And uh, yeah, the Cowboys coming home here off the primetime loss. I think they'll be pretty motivated to kind of get right and you could say the same thing about the Packers uh, with a little bit of extra rest and everything but I just think uh, the Cowboys are just going to run it right down Green Bay's throat and then that'll open things up like you mentioned for the, for the play action and and throwing off the run for, for Prescott there in the Cowboys offense so and I think so the Cowboys are probably going to get Gallup back as a, as a receiver is kind of what I was hearing and um, that could be a huge boost for their offense because I know he's a pretty crucial piece. And on the flip side, Devontae Adams for the Packers is still banged up, and they're not sure whether he's going to give it a go or not. So uh, at, if it gets down to three, I absolutely love the Cowboys here. And even at three and a half, I think they're worthy of a bet. That's uh, definitely the way I would look. All right, Sunday night game. we got Indianapolis heading to Kansas City. Looks like KC is a 11-point home favorite here with a total of 56 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, Kansas City minus 9.5. The look headline, Kansas City 8.5. Westgate open, Kansas City 9.5. And the total, you're open 55.5. And, and then fed up pretty quickly to 57. And that's pretty much what we're looking here. Uh, you know, somewhere between 56 and half, 57, somewhere in there. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I was, I was kind of surprised by this line myself. I didn't think this would get above 10. I thought there would be, uh, somewhere in the 7.5 to 9 range, kind of that dead zone area. Um, so I'm kind of just really shocked here to see, uh, I mean, I'm seeing in Vegas over at, uh, Coast, you know, 11 and a half. And to me, that's just a little too rich. I don't, I don't know. I understand this Kansas City offense and everything. I mean, that you can't forget that defense just isn't very good. And, uh, I don't, I just don't know how this def, with, with that bad of a defense, how they're laying this many points. I, I get it there at home, but this indie team, they looked pretty bad last week against Oakland. But I don't want to necessarily give them a pass, but I think this is a pretty frisky team. And like I said last week, uh, actually it was on Indy f- uh, from external source, but mm, not myself. But I just I didn't really like that play, just laying points with Indy, laying a touchdown. Just really didn't really seem like a good idea. I think, like I said last week on the pod, they play they play close games, they play tight games, kind of slow the game down a little bit. Uh, Brissett doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes uh, from throwing the ball, throwing interceptions fumbles, taking sacks, that type of stuff, especially against a pretty weak defense in Kansas City. So, I don't know, to me, this is a, a I don't, like I said, I don't want to give a pass to Indianapolis from last week, but I just feel like it wasn't the best of spots. I feel like maybe a look-ahead spot they had going into this Kansas City game, having a big game, one of the best uh, opponents in the NFL, uh, a huge game for them here on primetime. So, uh, I think they might have got caught looking ahead a little bit against a really bad Oakland team and uh, like I said, maybe give a little bit of a pass. So going to this primetime game, I, I really, I really do like the indie, indie side here. Anything above ten, I just feel like uh, there's quite a bit of value on that on on indie. They can keep the game close. Um, the defense is a little bit of a suspect. That's obviously why I see the high total with two bad defenses. But like I said, I think this is just too many points. And give me indie to keep it close here. Uh, you know, keep within a touchdown here at the primetime. So yeah, give me indie in the points. 
See, that was, that was my first thought as well. It just seems like a lot of points for an indie team that I think is fairly respectable. And with Brissett, I think kind of like what I was saying with Teddy, he's kind of the plotter, game manager type that isn't going to have a lot of turnovers that's going to give Kansas City short fields that's going to lead to points. And they're going to score you know, their, their fair share. So against a bad defense, it seems like a ton of points. And I really would want to go indie. I just think that sounds like just seems like a lot to to take with a team that's pretty pretty respectable. The only thing that kind of gives me pause here is just how banged up India is. They got cluster injuries in their secondary, which obviously isn't good for this matchup. And then uh, they got you know, Ty if Ty Hilton's out, uh, it just I think is a kind of a game changer for their offense because there's just not really a whole lot else. Yeah, that's there a good to point. Go. Something to definitely keep an eye on. That, that's for sure. Yeah, and then like Marlon Mack is questionable, and I know when we were. We were watching that to see if Indy had any life to come back in that game against the Raiders, and I, I don't think the Raiders were, like, locking down and shut them down by any means. But without Hilton in there, and especially if Matt can't go, it just they really just don't have that much that many playmakers on offense, which is kind of worrisome. And Brissett's not good enough to carry an offense, I don't think. It's just more so getting the ball to his talent. And if the talent's out, and then you know, Hooker is, uh, is out on defense as a safety, and then... Your other safety is, is questionable, and then that uh, Leonard at linebacker is like the centerpiece of their defense, is what I've heard. Uh, if he's out, then that's just, just a lot of injuries at a lot of different key positions. And against the Kansas City team, that if you give them a little bit of space, they can put up tons of points, obviously. Um, if you had to get down 21 early, I'd feel pretty pretty rough about such a talentless indie offense really coming back and getting you through the back door. So I I initially was all over Kansas or I mean all over Indianapolis, but then I just once I kind of remember that and kind of delve into it a little bit much, the more I think about it, the more it scares me. Where I kinda of like this game, I don't know if I'm gonna necessarily move on or not, but I like kinda of under fifty six and a half, under fifty seven. I know it's been getting bet up here steadily, but if some more public money comes in to the over as Sunday goes on I think I'd maybe be willing to take a little little nibble on the under. Not that I'd ever feel super confident in a in a Chiefs game under, but I could see a situation where uh, Indy just kind of plays it tight to the vest and somewhat ball control, and you know they have the, with the tight ends and kind of just Brissett checking down all the time and trying to kind of take the air out of the ball. And then if Kansas City just has one of those games where it doesn't click or they have a turnover or two in in the red zone. Uh, 57 just of or 56 and a half, whatever it says, just kind of a high total to to get over. So in a in a game where one of the teams I'd classify as a little bit more of an under team, uh, just seems like a pretty pretty high total to climb over. So uh, it's kind of the way I would look. Uh, you can never feel too confident, but but that's uh that's where I'll probably have a little little bit of a taste here come Sunday night. All right, finally we got the Monday night game. Got Cleveland. Another prime time for Cleveland here early in the season, heading to San Francisco off a of bye. Uh, looks like San Francisco's three and a half point home favorite here, the total of forty six and a half. Yeah, well Cleveland prime time, huh? Mm-hmm. Um my power rating here, San Francisco four. Look at line was four. The opener was San Francisco four and the total year open forty six and a half. I won't uh get into this one too much. I think it'll be a pass for me, but um, you know, I, I just don't, it really comes down, I don't know if I really trust San Francisco laying points here. I just don't know if I trust this team enough. I think, uh, 
yeah, I don't know. The, the, the turnovers against Pittsburgh before they went on by, I think that was a problem. And they just had some issues, and Garoppolo hasn't looked like he's been clicking on all cylinders. Just, I don't know. They're just not a not a team I'm really looking to back right now. Um, I think it's more, not really trying to fade either. I think it's a team I'm kind of a little bit of a question mark on. So I'm trying to wait, kind of wait and see for me on San Francisco. And then on the contrary to Cleveland, I mean, I, I backed them last week. Obviously, I had a play on them. And uh, they won their pretty easy fashion, won outright getting seven. But this is just not a spot where I want to back them. They got another primetime game. They're all fat and happy. I mean, you look at all these uh, playmakers or you know these big names that they have on the on the field, and you now they get a big win and against a pretty decent opponent in Baltimore. I think they're going to get pretty hot headed, and then you also get a a coach with little experience that's uh, trying to keep them everybody together. So yeah, that's just not a a recipe for success for me. So I'm just going to be uh, passing this game. I think there's a not enough to bet on either one of these teams right right now on Monday night. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like the Browns. I've actually already released them as a play. I just think, at worst, these teams are equal and should be the three points. And I don't even know if San Francisco's got that great of a home field. So it does it does scare me a little bit, the, the primetime angle again for Cleveland going to the West Coast off a big divisional game. I can I can see there's a little bit of reason for pause there. But I also think it's pretty terrible spot for San Francisco, three and zero, beating up on a bunch of crappy teams, and then going into the bye feeling great about themselves. I could definitely see a scenario where they're kind of sluggish and just rusty, and they're probably a little bit uh, full of themselves and satisfied there over the course of the bye week, as opposed to the Browns, where I thought I was going to be betting against the Browns basically all season, and everybody just loved them, and you know they were the Super Bowl contenders, and they're the best best things since sliced bread. And then all of a sudden, after that week one shellacking by the Titans, just everyone jumped off their bandwagon and said, you know, they're a joke and what have you. And since then, they uh, they they beat the Jets in a pretty easy game. They just kind of sleptwalk through against a backup Jets quarterback, so you don't really know what to make of that. Then the Rams, they it was a somewhat sloppy game, but they had every chance to come back and either tie or win that game late against a team that a lot of people are thinking is one of the better teams in the, you know, maybe the best team in the NFC. And then last week they just took it to the Ravens and, and blew them out and never in doubt fashion as a seven point dog. So I don't think Cle- Cleveland's getting as much respect as, uh, as they should. And as I was expecting them to get the way they came into the season, I think this could be the classic week one result just throws everybody off the scent and it takes a half the season for everybody to catch up because they just can't get that taste out of their mouth. So I I just I mean the, the Niners have beat the Bucks in a weird game where they have two pick sixes in week one, and then they beat the Bengals, which we've seen how bad they are. They own four Bengals and the Steelers, which their only good performance has been against those Bengals. So uh, I just I don't think the Niners. I mean they would kind of like to you said you're not really sure totally what they are, so you're kind of in a wait and see. But I I don't know I just don't think they've done anything that's been that impressive and. I just don't think they're really worthy of getting this extra added half point or, or uh, you know, respect here as opposed to a Cleveland team that's had a much tougher strength of schedule here so far and uh, has definitely shown up at times. So I, uh, I I think that's the way I'm going to go here. The only the only thing that really scares me is the I think the coaching mismatch is definitely in favor of the Niners. I'm a pretty big Shanahan fan. And I'm not uh, the biggest Freddie Kitchens fan, so that's that's about the only thing that kind of gives me pause. But uh, I think everything else, for the most part, lines up here to uh, come in on Cleveland if he can get anything over a field goal. All right, so that'll do it. 
Uh, that's uh, every game. So let's uh, let's finish up the pod here and do our picks of the week. The AS pick of the week. All right, Rob. So you finally finally got the T box back from me. We're both two and one now. Last week, your pick of the Titans Falcons under came through. It looked like it was pretty much dead there halfway through the first quarter, and then the scoring came to a halt, and and you got there. And what ended up like funnily, you know, in funny fashion, not even really being all that much of a sweat there late when it looked like it was totally dead early. Yeah, and <laughs> that's why you don't uh, rip up your tickets early, right? That's right. I mean, you you clear it by 12 points. They only get whatever 75% of the way there, even though they got all that right in the first couple quarters there. But anyway, uh, mine will also look fairly dead from the beginning, and the Vikings just had zero effort in order to come back. And uh, the teaser fell a point and a half short on that side, and the, the Saints won outright. So that was pretty frustrating from that perspective. But uh, so I got my first loss this season, so we're both at 2-1. and one. And you're up first. Where are you, where are you looking here? Yeah, um, I don't know. There's a handful for me, but to me, I think there's one that sticks out uh, the most. That you, know, you probably uh, might be going on it looking that way too. But I guess that's the the beauty of having the the tip of the T or first on the T. So I'm going to be uh, looking at the Saints. I see uh, three, three and a half. Uh, I think there's there's quite a few quite a few threes available. I can see specifically offshore with a little bit of extra juice. So I think three's fair. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, that works. So a little bit extra juice. Maybe I'll take another one that's a little bit of uh, giving a little bit of juice away or taking a little bit of juice. But anyway, I'll take the Saints uh, laying three at home uh, as my pick of the week. Uh, like I said, we already went into, in detail with that. So, yeah, I like, I like the Saints uh, minus three pick of the week. All right. Um, yeah, I like I like a handful here, like you said. Um, and a lot of these are just like waiting for the Saints to be at three and paying less juice. I think Dallas will probably be able to get three at some point in the week. Uh, as I said, I already did take some Cleveland plus three and a half, but I think I'm going to get mine out of the way nice and early here, and I think it's a fade. A lot of people are uh, going to be on Seattle here, and I'm going to kind of go the opposite way, and I think I'm just going to take the Rams uh, you know, for money line or whatever, but for purposes of this, I think one and a half is probably the prevailing number. I see yeah. it. Maybe a decent amount of ones, but I'll, I think one and a half is probably the best. So I will yeah. take the Rams plus one and a, or I mean, yeah, plus one and a half at uh, on Thursday here, and then you'll take the uh, the Saints minus three on Sunday. So hopefully we can uh, keep the winning ways going here and keep both our picks of the week in the positive. Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, keep it going and hopefully, uh, yeah, get everything rolling and uh, release the plays and. Yeah, yeah. A good week last week and hopefully we can keep it going in week five here in NFL. Yeah, absolutely. So uh we'll we'll be back next week and we'll break down this week of action and uh recant our tales from whatever Giants Stadium, whatever they're calling it now in New York, to recap the, the Vikes Giants game in person and and uh, go over how the rest of our bets went. So best of luck to everybody here in week five and we will be back next week. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.